guys. So we are still coming back from the holidays and trying to get our schedules organized so that we can turn out more very exciting, wonderful, awesome Experience Pointers episodes for you. All right. Calm down, Megan. Well, th- that's what they think, though. That is what they are, obviously. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm just saying what is in their heads. Anyway, uh, but one thing that Jordan and I did do while we were out of town is we spoke to a couple of his family members, so his little sister and uh, his dad, and just kind of talked to them about their thoughts uh, as outsiders about RPGs, and it was kind of interesting, so we wanted to share it with you. Yeah, we we thought there were some really cool uh, takes that they kind of had on different things. Uh, they were they were interesting conversations, so I hope you'll find them interesting as well. Yeah, hopefully, and we will be back very soon with more episodes. But before we uh, dive into what his family members did say, we also just want to thank our sponsor. Yes, uh, we want to thank Ben Danish, uh, yes. who has been a, a steadfast sponsor and supporter of experience pointers and ben danish actually has a uh, a, a pun of the sode really yeah yeah i know would you like to hear it megan uh, i would okay who arrests matadors if they commit crimes while traveling in the united kingdom um okay i feel like this is on the tip of my tongue but uh, um it's matadors if they commit a crime oh uh, oh, uh, I forget what they're called. Okay, what is it? You're gonna, you're gonna. I know, hate I'm it gonna kick myself. A constable. Constable. You know, that's not where I was going at all. A constable. I'm not kicking myself because I was thinking. I was trying to remember like what the police over there are called, but like a slang term. Oh, okay, yeah, you were way off. I was way off. But anyways, thank you very much to Ben Danish, (laughs) and uh, thank you to you guys for sticking with us while we get our schedule figured out. Like Megan said, we will be back soon, but in the meantime, please enjoy these, I felt, very interesting conversations with some outsiders to the role-playing game uh, world. And uh, just a a couple of notes, because we did record these uh, at home. Uh, in various different homes, rather. There are some little strange noises and a, a few little um, cuts that we had to make, including, you know, Jordan's other sister, who, if you have been listening, she did record the uh, the Christmas, uh, what was it, greetings. Um, so you've actually heard her as well, but she kind of butts in a few times, so get ready for that. She wanted a snack. She, it was important. We were in the kitchen. What can you do? All right. Well, I hope you all enjoy. Thanks for listening. start stuff off we are here in uh in kingwood texas mm-hmm. uh at at my dad's house this is this is my dad say hello dad hello dad <laughs> it was great yeah that's a very that's a that's a, a, a follow directions well yeah really really well um and then megan's here too hi um so so basically we just wanted to see um so y- you know that we that we play games on on twitch uh like live live for an audience um, I'm nodding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's nodding. For those of you that aren't watching the uh, the video that we didn't post that goes along with this, um, but uh, as far as the games that we play, what what is your understanding of what a role playing game is? Well, my understanding of a role playing game is irrelevant because you know I really don't do that. That's not something I follow. Sure. But when I when I talk to folks that I explain what you do. Yeah. So I tell them that it's kind of like watching video poker. Okay. Folks watch video poker for some strange reason. 
And when you say uh, video poker, you mean like like poker tournaments that are recorded, tele- like, yeah. like World Poker okay, Tour or so, stuff like so that. That goes just to show you how far out of touch I am. Well, because video anything. poker yeah. is also like yes. the machine in Vegas. Yeah, you can so play. poker tournaments on television. Okay. And and so you're watching folks play cards, and so that's just because I don't follow your show. I, that's my perspective of what folks do listening to, to you explain that is y'all televise it and or webcast it. Uh-huh. I think that's the correct we, we, or live, we live stream live it. Live stream it. There you go. And and folks tune in to watch y'all play your game, watch the interaction. So how long um, would you guess that like a normal session of, of or a normal episode or a normal RPG session would last? Oh, shoot. <laughs> If you had, to I would guess. get. If I had to just throw out a number, I'd say an hour, maybe two. An hour so, or two. So kind of like you know, just any other sports event. Sure. Yeah. What because you, card playing is a sports event. It yeah? is. It is. It's yeah. on ESPN. There you go. What do you think to hear that Jordan played ten-hour games in college? I think that's nuts, but <laughs> it is a little bit nuts. Uh, that, that's those were long. That's that's something that you can only really do in college, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, absolutely. The, the hyped up on caffeine, uh-huh. Uh-huh. whatever else, ordering sandwiches. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the the average uh, length of a role playing game session is typically three to four hours. Is it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So typically, that's... like when you play at a home game, like people that play the hobby, like just when they're not doing a show on the internet. Uh, it, they'll sit down for like a three or four hour session each time they do it. And so the folks that tune in to your live stream, yes, that's air quotes. There were air quotes. Yeah. I don't know if you could hear those, yeah. but they were there. It's it's on the podcast or the what do you? It's call on it? the video. We're the not video airing. that you're not streaming. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm getting hip. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're figuring it all out. <laughs> Saving throw community. There's a bunch of regulars that show up for a lot of our shows, and they all know each other now um, through through watching our shows, and they you know check in with each other when our shows aren't going. Uh, they're they're great people. Some of them play games together now. Yeah, a few mm-hmm. a few people that see, and that's something that I'm not familiar with. I know that you can get on and play games like on, and I'm gonna. Xbox, let's just say. Yeah, on Xbox. On Xbox. Yeah. That you're playing against other folks that aren't in the room with you. Right. Mm -hmm. So online. So that's just something that's foreign to me. Yeah. Online multiplayer Mm -hmm. is a big deal. Although now there's a move back to couch couch co-op or couch multiplayer, which is the everyone's in the same room. Like what we did last night with Jackbox. Right. Kind of. Yeah. Um, But so for role playing games specifically, so imagine you're a group of adults. And you're trying to find one night, maybe at best one night a week, that all four to six of you can get together for four uninterrupted hours and and play a game. And you can imagine that's a very difficult thing to uh, oh, to schedule. So some people, um, if they maybe don't have people in their area that they know, or it's just impossible for everyone to leave their place and get to one person's house to play a game. You can play role-playing games over the internet. There's clients that let you do that where everyone's on their webcam and the GM or the person who's running the game has uh, like maps and other like virtual elements that they can put on the board to show like, okay, so these monsters are here on this map and you guys are here. And the program handles a lot of the things like, you know, you tell it you want to roll how many dice and it'll simulate a die roll for you or things like that. Um, virtual tabletop, and I'm guessing like so, that. but but to take it back to tabletop role playing games for a second. So, um, have you ever played a game, like one continuous game or several rounds of the same game, for multiple hours in a row? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So, when so, I was younger, we used to do that all the time. Right, mm-hmm. right. Matter of fact, we used to do that in your room. We <laughs> that's, play that's true. Games we would play video games. Point. Yeah, um, that's true. Sega Genesis. Um, but like face-to-face <laughs> games. Like, um, no. No. Well, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's... Sitting around the table playing cards, we would do that for several hours. Sure. Or, I'm trying to think what we used to play. It's been a long time since I actually had anyone over here playing games. <laughs> sure. <laughs> But, I mean, it's a similar kind of thing. Yeah. So, like, part of the element of uh, playing a role-playing game is it's social. Like, you're hanging out at, at a place with your friends. You're not sitting there, you know, 100% dedicated to playing the game the entire time. You're also, you know, talking about your weeks or going like, oh, hey, this is totally off topic. But did you guys see that new movie trailer for, you know, whatever? Like, it's a social uh, element as well. So, um, so nothing happens while you're socializing. Right. And it's, it's kind of up to each individual group how much they want to go like, okay, uh, because the scheduling can be difficult, sometimes some groups go like, okay, when we all get together to play this game, maybe for like the first 15, 20 minutes or something, we'll all kind of socialize. But then once we sit down to play, we're going to try and be focused on playing for that whole time just so we can get through a full session since it's so hard for us to get together to do this. Other groups that maybe have an easier time meeting up are less serious about it and will kind of, you know, more, more, more uh, social, shoot less the breeze, game. shoot mm-hmm. the breeze more uh, while they're playing. Mm-hmm. When we do it on stream, m- most of the time we try and keep things on topic as much as possible with very few digressions. And different, different Depending game on the streams show. do that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like my show, I like to keep things um, focused on the game, but that's also how I run games when I run games off the camera, too. Like I like to, to keep things focused on the game. I like to keep people in the world of the game. Um, so the best way, I think, to describe how a role-playing game works is it's like uh, structured make-believe. Essentially. So you remember the kind of games you would make up as a kid where you're like, all right, you're, you and I are guarding this bridge and there's like, you know, there's a, a bunch of like bad guys coming and we, we have guns and we're going to fight them off with our guns and then maybe we'll blow up the, the bridge behind us when we run across, like all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So it's that. But instead of everyone making it up on the fly, which when you're kids, you typically, your plan always works and you always win because you have the best gun and you're the best at everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Some players think that that's the way it works too, but it's not. Um, (laughs) Instead of that... my gun's better than your gun. Exactly. No, it's not. Um, Come on. You have one person who's the GM who's kind of going like, okay, the two of you are guarding a bridge. And there's a bunch of enemy soldiers coming. They're rushing down this path. But you have to you have to buy some time for your convoy to make it across the bridge. So what are you going to do? You're outnumbered by these soldiers. All you have are your standard issue automatic weapons. How are the two of you going to buy time for this for this convoy of injured soldiers to get across the bridge? And they're on you now. So what are you gonna do? You gotta come up with something right now. Mm-hmm. And Megan might say something like, "What would you? What would you try and do?" In that I situation? don't know if I, I. I might try to. You're both uh, soldiers. You're both like commando. Like, like. Do I have a special power? Um, I? You, you might. Yeah, yeah, you might have a special. You might have an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, what are um? You think of like Schwarzenegger movies. He, although he's supposed to be a normal dude, always has special powers uh, in stuff like that. Like, I don't know, he can be shot 16 times and still be perfectly uh, effective in combat. So, like, maybe That's you're just... That's because it went through and through. Yeah, yeah. just it, it, was, yeah. it was in and out. 
mm-hmm. which is that's how wounds yeah. work. Yeah. Um, so maybe you're just like you know you're superhumanly tough. You can take more you can take more uh, more beating than a normal person can. But other than that, you're a normal, highly trained elite soldier. Yeah, or maybe... Uh, or maybe Megan's a demolitions expert. Demolitions, or maybe uh, my character's a talker, and I, I decide I want to have some kind of diversion and try to talk them, like, buy some time and distract them or something like that. Or, or yeah, if I'm a demolition, demolitions expert, I could cause a distraction far off that's a, some kind of explosion. So maybe they go and check that out and ignore the soldiers going across the bridge. Or yeah, like maybe she's like, okay, I set up this this explosive device behind their line now that they're advancing. So I'm going to talk to them and try and tell them that we have them surrounded. They need to stand down. And I need you to like sneak over into the woods. And when I give you the signal, uh, press the button to deploy those explosives. And mm-hmm. we'll see if they buy the ruse, essentially. Mm-hmm. So like that's the situation you set up. And then I as the GM would go, okay, great. And so all of this stuff is happening on the fly. You're just making this stuff up. There's it's- no script really other than... Maybe the GM has a script. There's no script as much as like, um, sometimes there are adventures that, and I've not run, you, you can talk on this more, but it might say like, here's, here's the bad guy for this adventure. Here's what your, your, uh, party is going to do. They're going to go from this point. Somebody's going to tell them that they need to save these soldiers. Uh, but the way in which that party saves those soldiers will change every time because it just depends on upon the group and how they play it and what their uh, abilities are and how the dice fall. So yeah. that's the closest to a script. I mean, he definitely, when we're talking about our show too, he has ideas of where things are going to go and he's sort of leading us there, but he has no idea how we're going to respond to the simulation he throws at us basically or the events that happen. So there's not so much a script as there is a general outline. Like I might go, here's the problem put before you. You need to find and rescue this person that you've been hired to find, or you need to protect the bridge while your while your injured comrades make it across. But how the character, how the players choose to address that problem is entirely up to them. So some GMs will go through the trouble of like writing out every possible thing they can think of, but most GMs that have done it for a while know that there is no scenario you can put in front of a group of four or more people that will survive um, uh, in contact with them. They're going to go, maybe one of them's going to go, you know what? Acceptable losses. I think we can infiltrate enemy lines and and uh, get intel back to base that's going to give them more valuable information. So I say we blow up the bridge ourselves and kill all of our injured because uh, they're really slowing us down at this point, anyways. <laughs> just just you know when when the when boots on the ground kind of like let's do this. Uh-huh. And you go, okay, I guess you're going to murder your own your own troops in, in an effort to curry favor with the other side. Hope that they will take you as defectors learn information about their weaknesses, and then annihilate their entire forces in, in one blow. You're, you're going a uh, ends-justify-the-means kind of route. You never know what people are going to do. But the way it all turns out is based on... that. That's where the game mechanic comes in of, uh, okay, so your stat for whatever thing you're doing, your demolition stat is uh, a 12, whatever that may mean for the game system, and you would roll whatever that would be, whatever dice that would associate with against maybe um, their... So so an easy one is like uh, Dungeons & Dragons uses a d20-based system. So that means most rolls, you roll a 20-sided die and you add your pertinent attribute to it. So let's say you're super good at explosives. So you've got a plus 12 in explosives. So anytime I tell you to give me an explosives check, you're going to roll a d20 and add 12 to it. And then typically I, as the GM, have a target number based on how difficult 
that is. So like say, it's super easy for you to rig up a landmine with infinite time. So I might not even let, make you roll for that because you're an explosives effort, expert. But if I'm like, okay, you're being chased, you're, you're on the fly trying to set up a landmine to buy yourself some time, it's raining and the sun's going down. So I might go, okay, whereas ordinarily I wouldn't even make him roll for this, he's going to have to get like an 18 at least in order to make this roll. I don't tell you what that number is. You roll and you tell me what you got and I tell you, okay, so, you know, the rain, the rain was coming down too hard and one of your critical triggering components washed away into the mud, rendering this mine useless. So now you're going to have to come up with something else or you roll really because well. Because he rolled less than an 18. Because you rolled mm-hmm. less than an 18. Um, or you roll really well. And I go, okay, not only did you have all of the components that you needed on you and ready to go, because you prepped that ahead of time, but you see a spot that's perfect for you to set down two mines. So you actually, because you rolled so well, um, you were quickly able to set up two things, which is going to do even more damage to those guys when they come through this area. Um, But it's all, there's a luck-based element dependent on the way you build your character and the things that your character excels at. And so... You just throwing that scenario out there with all of its intricacies and its twists and turns. Yeah. That tells me that you've been doing this for a while because, <laughs> because you're able to just think this stuff up on the fly. Mm-hmm. Right. Throw some stuff together in an explanation. And so do you have novice folks that come in and what do you... So when you have a novice that comes into your group, and mm-hmm. I don't know how often that happens. Very frequently, actually. That's yeah. one of the things that I that I do a lot is I teach new people how to play role-playing games. So there's a very different skill set that you need as the GM, who's the person running the game, and making up these scenarios or the consequences of different things. As a player, all you have to be able to do is put yourself into the shoes of the character that you're playing take in what the GM is is saying is happening to you, and then just announce what it is you want to do. That's really, as a player, you're being reactive, uh, or, and you don't have but to... As a, so as a novice player, mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep interrupting you because that's mm-hmm. what I do. That's, that's fine. Uh, because if I don't interrupt you, I'm going to lose my train of thought. Okay. And the longer I talk about me interrupting you, I'll lose my train of thought <laughs> Sure, as well. I can so, see it on your face. Yeah. <laughs> and this little banter is probably making me lose my train of thought. <laughs> Even more. So, being a novice player, you're you have come up against a wall that you don't know how to breach that wall. So you just make something up, and it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So, how do you, as the GM, say, "Okay, oh, so that was a great idea," except you're so, expletive. Let's try that. Let's try that. Okay, so I say you've you've run up against a wall, this giant impassable wall, just in the middle of this forest. It mm-hmm. seems to be like maybe maybe 40, 50 feet tall, and it's it stretches off in either direction as far as you can see, but you need to get over it quick. Um, so as a novice player who's who's making up some ridiculous sure. thing, give me an example of a ridiculous thing a novice player might might say. To, so in my backpack, I've got some tree climbing spikes, so I apply them to my boots, and, and then I have some gloves that are very tactically sensitive and I use them to scale the wall. See, I think that's actually, you, you think of that as a ridiculous I thing, do. but I, I think that actually makes a lot of sense because uh, who's your character? Let's say your yeah. character is a, is a woodsman. 
or your character's a survival expert, or your character's a wilderness but tour guide. What if his character was like a twelve-year-old who like lived with his baker parents? Mm, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. Let's we'll say that. All right. So yeah. you're, you're like, I in my backpack, I mm-hmm. have uh, climbing gear and all this stuff, yeah. and I'm going to climb the wall. I say, okay. Well, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make a lot of sense that you, as a the twelve-year-old child of a baker, would have all of that advanced gear in your backpack, but. If that's the way you're going, I will say you probably uh, seem like someone who's pretty good at climbing. And you're a little kid and you live out in the woods or near the woods, Mm -hmm. so you're probably used to climbing. And you do see that this wall has uh, what looks like some heavy hanging vines just, just a little bit down to your left, maybe about 20 feet. Partially obscured by the trees, so if you can make it over there, I'll let you try and climb up, climb up those vines to get over the wall, and I'll give you a bonus on your roll because it seems like you're pretty good at climbing since that was your first instinct. So we'll we'll note that your character's pretty good at climbing. So give me a climbing roll and uh, add a plus two to it because uh, you've you've know your way around climbing up uh, stuff in the woods. Uh, I will say Jordan specifically is really good about taking that kind of stuff because uh, we have played with a lot of people who are new and there is this tendency to either kind of go, I can do anything and kind of go overboard or to limit themselves a whole lot. Um, but I think that he's really good at kind of redirecting about taking that and and helping them see the world and think more in the context of what it is that makes sense for the character. Not because there's anything wrong with doing crazy things, but because you are playing at a table with multiple people and it's sort of that balance between uh, making sure you guys are all in the same world. Otherwise it can be frustrating for other players and for the GM. And really it's not fun after a while because if you don't have challenge or you don't have limitations, you can do anything, then there is no challenge and it's not a lot of fun. But that I feel like sometimes for new players can be hard to learn. And I think you're pretty good at, uh, at, sort of uh, redirecting people without making them feel stupid or something along those lines. Because yeah. we have You don't had... want to make your players feel stupid because no. no one's having a good time if they feel like an idiot. Yeah. Um, and, and and it may be kind of funny to talk about what's realistic in a world that has like maybe dragons and talking mm-hmm. animals or stuff like that. But it's, it's more about um, what you set up as the rules of that reality. So we were talking about The Walking Dead earlier and The Walking Dead has rules. Um, maybe not always spoken, but it's rules like, you know, resources are scarce. Zombies are going to show up at the most inopportune time. And people in general that you meet out in the world can't be trusted. So if they're, if they're, if they're on the show and they're encountering, you know, some new group who've blockaded the road and they're like, oh no, what are we going to do? And Rick goes, don't worry. I brought my bazooka. And pulls it out and blows up the cars. You'd be like, what? When did he get a bazooka? This doesn't make any sense. Bazookas aren't something everyone has easy access to here. But they do have it in. So you okay, have well, seen the season not, where they brought the bazooka. I'm not caught up to the <laughs> bazooka season. But before that, okay. before that, okay. when bazookas were yeah. less commonplace. Yeah. Um, they weren't yet a new rule that had been mm-hmm. established. You'd, as a as a viewer of that, or or you'd be like, why? What? We have bazookas now. It doesn't make any sense. And Rick's a police officer. When did he learn how to shoot a bazooka? You know. Um, so that's the kind of like you want to just create a cohesive reality, even around fantastical worlds where things have rules and actions have consequences, so that there's uh, a fair amount. Everyone's on the same page about why things don't work. Them? Where actions have uh, consequences and and um, and there are, are are rules and everything makes sense for why things don't work or or why things do work. So that's basically part mm-hmm. of of running a game. 
was kind of pulling people into that world. Yeah. yeah. So after having said all of that, knowing a little bit more about what it is, would you at all be inclined at any point in the future to give it a try and see what it was like? Or does this sound like something that is absolutely not, not in your wheelhouse? Well, and so off the top of my head, I say I'm somewhat intrigued by it. I was intrigued by skydiving. Never did it. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, there's still time. It's not, sure. like, it's not like you're yeah. dead. You George know, Bush you can still skydive. <laughs> George Bush skydived at 90-something. There you go. Yeah. But will I do it? Yeah. It's a possibility. It's out there. Okay. The likelihood? Probably slim. I mean, if I told you, like, uh, I don't know, let's see, like, Tombstone. You like the movie Tombstone, right? Uh, not like my brother. Not like Spiro. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, what's a movie that, like, you do, like an action movie or something like that, that you think movie, of offhand? So, so the Bourne really series. The Bourne series. Yeah. Okay, so if I was like, hey, I've got this really cool scenario, mm-hmm. and it's a short scenario, like just an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Like, I can do that if I have to. 35 minutes? Ooh, yeah, I can do 35 <laughs> minutes, but I'd have, Ooh, to, I'd have to do a, a truncated <laughs> rule system. Uh, if I was like, I've got this this high high action mm-hmm. like like spy thriller scenario that I think would be cool. And you want to try it out? You'd be you'd be at at some point willing to be like eh, maybe, maybe yeah let's see how it goes. I'm intrigued. Maybe afterwards we'll go skydiving. There you go. <laughs> okay. All right. Both. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Dad, for Absolutely. taking the time to sit down and talk with us about this. Anytime. Yeah. And thank you, Caitlin, for uh, the commentary on the side too. Uh-huh. Uh, we are here today. This is a whole new day where we're actually talking to a completely different family member. And we're talking. We're in a different city now. We are in a different city. We go to lots of cities for Christmas. Um, yeah, lots. <laughs> but uh, we're we are we are still talking about RPGs and kind of seeing some different perspectives from different family members uh, on RPGs, sort of an outside perspective. So today with us we have another one of Jordan's sisters. Yes. Uh, here she is. Her name is Zoe. Zoe, yes. okay, and Zoe. then uh, Zoe, could you please state your name for the record? Z- Zoe. Okay, and now your age for the record? Fourteen and a half. Fourteen and a half. All right, great. <laughs> so, uh, so Zoe. Yes. You have played role playing games. Before. I have. Um, well, actually, uh, if you guys have never heard of Goobles and Goblins, the game that Jordan created, it was created for Zoe. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just for me. She is the Zoe. Um, so. Uh, that is that is all you've played role playing game wise is Goobles and Goblins with, and the shoe with me. game and roll for shoes and roll for shoes and roll for shoes, mm-hmm. roll for shoes. that's we right camping <laughs> um, didn't we try Savage Worlds once no no was it just roll for shoes okay yeah roll yeah. for shoes it was roll for shoes and we we tried with your with your other friend Zoe uh, we did roll for shoes uh, yes. last summer when mm-hmm. when we Ladies, were here and I pushed somebody down the stairs you pushed yeah <laughs> you pushed a teacher down the stairs <laughs> wow uh, in a game to clarify so any law no, enforcement no. agencies listening to this that did not really happen real life real life <laughs> so um, you know what we do right yes so <clears throat> what what do you think we do. For saving throw? Yeah, for saving, on saving throw. Well, you're a game master, so okay. you're like the storyteller, I would say, for the games, and you make yeah. up the stories, and sometimes you play them. And then Megan is like the participant and plays the game and yeah. does that stuff, and you also do the social media and stuff I know, mm-hmm. like do all the social media. Okay. And, yeah. So, um, what, do, so do you know anyone uh, your age at your school? Who has ever talked about playing a role-playing game? Role-playing games? Yes. Like the ones we play, like at the table. Not really. I feel like they're not as popular anymore, like 
as video games are like hmm. shooting video games. Yes. Fortnite. Yeah. Perhaps. <laughs> Fortnite is way probably the most popular. The thing most popular. Right now. Yes. Uh, so you've never heard anybody talk about like Dungeons and Dragons more specifically? I I I personally don't know anybody who plays Dungeons and Dragons except for y'all. That's plus. interesting. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I'd like to correct an assumption you just made there, mm-hmm. Zoe, which is uh, that they're not that popular anymore. Um, because they were never popular. Uh, they're actually, they're actually, it's, it's, it's way, um, way more acceptable now yes. to play a game like that than it was when Megan and I were your age or, uh, when, uh, when they first came out in like when you're, when your dad was a kid. Like, it was like, when your dad was a kid, if you played those games, um, there was a whole thing where people thought you were worshipping the devil. Oh, nice. And you were going to mm-hmm. uh, commit suicide or, or sacrifice people. Um, so, they, so they had lots of friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was uh, it was very hard to play games like that when your dad was a kid. Yeah. Do you know, have you ever heard, so you, you know people who watch Twitch, right? Yes. Okay. People do watch Twitch. Have, do you know anyone who's ever mentioned watching Critical Role? No. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, that's that's interesting because Critical Role is like the biggest um, role playing game on Twitch, and they have like twenty some like typically somewhere between thirteen thousand to twenty seven thousand people that watch them every hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What about what about do you do all of your friends listen to podcasts? Um, not really. No? I wouldn't say that unless it's like somebody like a social media role model that does like one. They'll probably listen to like football players. Okay. Some. But or like comedians or anything like that? Does anybody no, listen to I know comedians? my dad listens to podcasts. Yeah, your dad does <laughs> listen to podcasts. Well, it's kind of interesting because I'm wondering, uh, and we've talked about this on our channel and Saving Throw specifically, that our demographic runs a little bit older than the traditional uh, video game watching Twitch audience. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering how much of role-playing games right now is more popular with an older generation as opposed to younger generations. I think it's popular with younger generations. It probably depends upon the community yeah. and your circle of friends and your parents really definitely i'm sure there's lots of people at my school who play them i just i personally don't know know. Mm -hmm. do you know anyone like before school i remember when when i was in like middle school we would have like the the meeting area where we kind of had to gather before they let us into the school like after the bus dropped you off your parents dropped you off there was like a big common uh area where we kind of all hung out and people did different things and there were always like a bunch of guys playing magic the gathering Mm -hmm. or card games like that do you does, they, have you ever seen anyone play a card game like that? At I your school? have. Okay. I middle school. I saw people play them at the lunch tables, like card games with like little people. <laughs> but on the cards or card games? With no, like, like with little figures. people, like like meeples? cards and then people, like little tiny cards and then people. What game would they have been playing? I think they just made it up. Oh, okay. To me. Yeah, so I was think it like should... normal playing cards? Yeah, were... oh, it was like okay. normal playing cards, and then like they have little action figures, and they would like do stuff with them. Okay, that sounds cool. I want to talk to those kids and see what game, <laughs> see what game they were playing. Um, okay, all right. So probably, so you don't have a lot of friends that listen to podcasts. That makes sense. People yeah. probably listen to music more yeah, or things music like that. Watch but videos, right? Videos like yeah. YouTubers are really yes. popular, right? Or um, like, so who are like some some people that you watch or people that some of your friends watch that are like really big really big right now yeah uh i know shane dawson is really big right now because he does all these like inside scoops into people's lives you know jeffree star is i don't know know? i don't like this huge makeup artist and he like went so shane dawson does these like documentaries basically about certain people on youtube like who are kind of controversial okay controversial Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. so he does jake paul Okay. And he did Jeffree Star. And I know those are really popular right now. And he does, like, conspiracy theories and stuff like that. 
Um, so he kind of does like documentary style yeah, things. Yeah, like he... they're like forty minute videos. Okay, like, so wow. they go like in depth into people's lives. Hmm, okay, they're pretty cool. Um, and then, so, like, that's, like, kind of, like, some slice of life or, like, yeah. like things like that. Do people watch, I, I know you watch people play video games on Twitch, but then there's also, like, Let's Play videos on YouTube and stuff. Like, but that's probably not as popular as some of the other stuff you can watch on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, vlogging is really popular right now. Yeah. Like, watching people's lives is really popular. Okay. Sense. Yeah. Do hmm. you have any friends who have a vlog or? I do. Yeah. Um... Uh, one of my friends, Riley, has vlog, and Deja just started a YouTube channel and did one video about redoing her room, and it got, like, she has, like, a bunch of subscribers now, like, oh, over, wow. like, 6,000, something like that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. Wow. She's, <laughs> she's getting monetized now. She's just getting paid by YouTube. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> um, probably, probably not a whole lot, because you, no, YouTube yeah. <laughs> keeps, keeps giving people less and less yes. money for their videos. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, have you ever wanted to start a YouTube channel or a vlog? Not really. I feel like, I don't know. What? I mean, I know I'm funny, of course. But yeah, you're, you're <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. Obviously, obviously. But I don't know. My life isn't super interesting. <laughs> well, see, I think that's, I think that's uh, something a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's less about how interesting your life is and more about just how you talk about things. Yeah, that's true. So, like, I mean, you know, there aren't – I mean, obviously, there are some people who have super interesting right. lives. Um, but then a lot of the people that you see on YouTube probably don't necessarily have super interesting lives. Just make it seem- But it's just the way <laughs> – they present their yeah, stuff or talk definitely. about it. Right. I mean, you've got just as much of a of a story to tell as anyone else, <laughs> That's true. right? Mm-hmm. I do, but I, I don't know. I guess like it. It's more of like the just out of college people who have like you know their own houses and do all that kind of stuff and do like house. I don't know. I like watching people redo their rooms, like yeah. watching people like make things and do stuff like that. And I feel like that that's very popular too. But like being my age, it's kind of hard to put that out. On the internet, I guess. Sure. sure. Yeah. Sure. So after you watch videos of like people redoing their rooms and stuff like that, does that, is it like you watch those to get ideas for yes. things you might do to your room yeah. and then you do do that stuff or do you just like watching other people do that kind of stuff? Um, It depends. It yeah. depends on like what they're doing. Like if it's something super complicated, I'm not going to do that. Is there but anything if, that you've tried after watching a YouTube video about um, someone redoing their room? I know when I was little, after y'all's wedding, actually, I got that chalkboard. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Chalkboard? Yeah, yes. I got that and I wrote down all the stuff that I wanted to do, like those fairy lights in my room, the little balls. Mm-hmm. I got that from a YouTube video. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So yeah. you have like learned some stuff yeah. and tried it out from yeah. YouTube? That's Definitely. cool. That is cool. Well, so my question was just going back to RPGs. Um, since you, you've played a little bit, you've yes. played, I mean, if you guys probably know, as we've talked about Roll for Shoes before, yes. it's a very, very, very simple system. Mm-hmm. Uh, often on, silly. Often yes, very silly. very silly often. It lends itself to silliness. And Goobles and Goblins is also a simple system that Zoe's played. Um, but outside of that, and just the, the knowledge that you have of RPGs, is that something you think that you would have more interest in playing later? And... Feel free to answer honestly. You're not gonna. No, yeah, I t- I really like RPG games, especially. Yeah, I like them a lot. What What would you say if we were like, okay, we're gonna sit down and play a game. Here, uh, here is this book that is about textbook size. It's hardcover, and it looks like it has maybe. 200 to 300 pages and we're gonna go we're gonna play this game you want to take a look at that and read through it so you know the rules i don't know if i do that that <laughs> seems a little excessive for a game but it does I mean, right yeah mm-hmm. i like the simple ones like goobles and goblins i like a lot and roll for shoes what i played of it i liked it a lot so okay so what if you saw me, <coughs> me with one of those books and i was like okay 
I'm, we're gonna play this game, but don't worry, I'm just gonna tell you the rules you need to know and we'll just play and I'll teach it to you as we go. I'd like that more than having to read That's the... how most people learn yes. how to play a role-playing game. <laughs> well, well, that is, but like for you, for example, Jordan, you always talked about, and granted, you like to read rules. Uh, for well, me... I like to read. I don't know that I love reading <laughs> he rules. He loves, specifically has stated that he loves reading rules. It's really weird. He just sits at home and reads rule books. Let the record show that that is not the case. <laughs> I mean, who are you gonna believe? <laughs> Who are you going to believe? Definitely should believe me. Uh, I think you should believe me. <laughs> Get to your point. Get to your anyway. point. Um, but but the, the interesting thing, and this has kind of shifted now because it is more accessible in a way, but but that, that is kind of what you did. You, you were like, well, I'm going to read all of this and figure this out and see if I can find somebody to play this game with me. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, you never really could as a kid. Yeah, so none of my friends ever wanted to try it. <laughs> I, I, I found... I bought a Dungeons and Dragons like beginner box set when I was 12, I think. And I was like, oh, this seems really cool. And I like tried, I read through it and I tried to get my friends to sit down and play with me. I tried to get my dad to sit down and play with me and nobody wanted to uh, do it. Caitlin wanted to play with you? Caitlin couldn't. I mean, Caitlin, Caitlin <laughs> you, was nine at the time. You did try to play with Caitlin. I later remember on. we tried to play Googles yes. and Gobbles with Caitlin. That didn't I didn't go super well. No, I didn't. <laughs> That's Jordan's other sister. She, she didn't like it when I used uh, voices that weren't my voice. Yes, or when you made her a bunny and she couldn't do anything. A, witch, a witch turned her uh, into yes. a rabbit. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Well, I think it's interesting because for me, my first experience was with Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. And Dungeons and Dragons is, um, it, it is not the crunchiest. And when I say crunchy, I mean the amount of rules. It has a lot right. of rules. It is not the one with the most rules. There are some that are way more complicated, but it probably exists very, uh, very much in the middle uh, as far as that goes, I suppose. I'd say slightly above the middle. You think slightly above? I'd say D&D is slightly above it the middle. It kind of depends on the um, edition as well. But, right. um, but this one particularly, it's interesting because you've got um, you have all these different stats. So, you know, in Goobles and Goblins, you have uh, smarts. What is it? It's smarts, it's strength, speed and, and it's strength. speed. Mm -hmm. So those are your stats. But D&D uh, has five, six, six stats. Yep. That are govern governing different things. And then you also have all of these skills that you can do. So that could be like thievery, that could be acrobatics, that could be yeah. all these different things. Um, and then you have uh, a class, which means that you might be a rogue or a thief. Right. Goobles and Goblins has classes. Yes. Goobles, yeah, Goobles and it Goblins is. has it. And then you, um, you have a race. So you can be an elf, you can be a human, you can be whatever. And, and those are, that's kind of like the very basic of it. And then there are, uh, mostly it's a d20, but there are all these different dice you might be using. You might be adding different numbers. There's math involved. There's all these different things. So Yay. real quick, real quick. When we say a d20, oh, what do you think that is? Dice with 20 sides. Yes. There you go. Okay. So if I said, if I just threw out 2d8 to you, two if I was like, roll me 2d8, what would you do? Roll two dices with eight sides. Nice job. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> nice job. Um, yeah. So, so I, I, what I think is interesting about this is like you're saying you, you like the rules light systems better. And in a lot of ways... I do as well, mm -hmm. but having played more complicated systems and these lighter systems, sometimes those lights, those really rules light systems don't give you enough to hold on to to really create an interesting ongoing game. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just, I mean, you can't really know yeah. unless you play it, but I'm interested in the, the idea to you of, of essentially looking at a sheet of paper that has all of these stats and having to figure all that out and then playing the game, even though Jordan say is running the game and he's like, I'll teach you. There's still an element of of you have to figure some things out. Otherwise, it's just Jordan going, okay, do this. Okay, do that. I mean, there's right. there's an element to it. So 
knowing all of that, would you still be interested in attempting that if the opportunity came up? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I've never, I've never played a big, complicated... For sure. Yeah, RPG for Why Do you play board games? I mean, I know you play some, yes. but... Some I played Monopoly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Monopoly is super complicated. Yeah, it is. Anyone who says Monopoly isn't complicated hasn't played Monopoly in a long time. What do you think about your friends? Do you think your friends would like if you explain some of that to them? I mean, your friend Zoe played Roll for Shoes for us, right. but your other friends would be like, "Yeah, we'd be willing to try that." Or is it still kind of have a stigma around? It's it? probably it's it's more of like a yeah, it definitely has a stigma. Okay, like, cool. Only weird people do that. Sure. And sit around the table and do that. Sure, for sure. Oh, well, here's a question then. <laughs> If any of your friends, like, if you've told your friends what your brother does, are they like, that's weird? Or are they like, that's cool? Or is there anything like that that have you noticed that your friends are kind of like, your brother's strange? I mean, uh, people just ask if I have a brother. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have a brother. They don't typically ask. Like, no, they don't ask. What does your brother yeah, what do? What does he do for a living? Does uh, he <laughs> play uh, games on the internet? I've told him about the, how, like, the stories of you with the costumes and like how you got like the police called on you and <laughs> oh. when you were in the like the gang area with they thought that was funny so. yeah oh man that was hilarious uh, she's referring to <laughs> our weekend job in which we dress up as characters and do sword fights for kids birthday parties yes. and uh, sometimes when we one particular time when we were practicing a very ridiculous looking fight uh, cops were called on us and that included a helicopter a police helicopter police hel- and let me tell you specifically what it was someone called on we were using a a folding chair to drive a sword into his side. That's what someone saw and called the cops on. So this is in I Burbank. Mean, that's a pretty extreme thing yeah. to see. But it was do. like, yes, sure. I mean, is. imagine if you saw someone do a flying pile driver on, on someone in a random parking lot. You'd be like, oh my God, I gotta <laughs> well, call the but, cops. But here's the thing we were in the parking lot of the company called Swordplay with a huge sign that said Swordplay <laughs> in front of what we were Still. doing. Still anyway. scary. Uh-huh. Uh, so I have, I have two questions. Yes. Okay, so. Here's here's a question. Um, if your friends found out that you had played role playing games, do you think they would? Is that something you would be like, oh, I don't want to tell them that because they might think that's weird. No, I think they're fun. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that's like me being embarrassed to tell somebody to play volleyball. Like if it's something I enjoy. Sure, but like when I was like when I was in school, I didn't want anyone to know that like that you, was something I was yeah. I was into. Like I kind of hid that stuff because it was like people would make fun of you if they knew you were. I think into a lot that of stuff, stuff is more accepted now. In my, like, school, like, people don't get made fun of a lot anymore in my school. Yeah. That's good. So, That's I mean, cool. I mean... Take that, fr- old people who yeah. say that children are terrible. <laughs> I'm not terrible all the time. Um, but, like, I don't know. The friends that I have, like, I wouldn't think that they would do that. Oh, yeah. cool. It sounds like your friends are, like, legit friends. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. friends, I mean. <laughs> okay, and then my question would be, so if, if we were, like, hey, we're going to play, like, one of the more complicated games, mm-hmm. um, but I can do anything you want. So, like, think of, like... A movie or, like, a book or any kind of thing or place that you would like to play a character in. Like, you can do whatever you want. What kind of thing would you choose? Like, what what would be... Like, if I was like, oh, you just saw Aquaman, we could do an Atlantis thing. Uh, or, oh, cool. you like Star Wars, we could do, do an outer space thing. Or you like um, action movies, we could do, like, a, a spy thriller thing. Like, what, what kind of thing would you choose? Definitely Aquaman. Definitely Aquaman. Yes, I'd love to be okay. in Atlantis. So, like, Atlantean, <laughs> yes. Atlantean yes. kind of underwater adventure cool. thing? <laughs> yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Hey, you know what, uh, what game could do that really well? What? Savage Worlds. <laughs> I just want to take a moment and, 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 and poll the audience here. 
I want to know, like, did you think he was going to say Savage Worlds? <laughs> Please tweet at us, EXP Pointers Pod. Let us know if you thought the next word, yeah, they do. The next words out of his mouth was going to be Savage Worlds. I'm really curious because, like, Savage Worlds, I just, I'm just a big fan. I just, I don't know that they would have guessed that, Jordan. I just don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan. I may have mentioned it once or twice on the podcast before. Oh, just once or twice. Once or twice. Just once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, cool. Well, Zoe, thanks for sitting down and taking the, yeah. the time to uh, talk with us. About yeah, this. no problem. I learned a lot. All right, Zoe, okay. let's shake hands. Very official. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you very much, and we'll have our people get in touch with your people, and we'll let you know when this is going to go live. You guys know you have the same people, right? Just just text me now. Okay, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll text your dad. All right, bye. bye. This podcast has been a Saving Throw production. You can connect with us on Twitter at expointerspod, and you can follow each of the hosts on Twitter at their respective handles. Jordan is at Jordan Callerman, Megan is at Megan Caves, and Garav is at Double GXG. You can also watch us streaming RPGs and more at the Saving Throw Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash savingthrowshow. If you want to listen to new episodes of this podcast early, consider becoming a Saving Throw Patreon backer. Patrons at the $10 level and up can listen to new episodes a week early. You can also help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you found it to help get the word out. Thanks for listening, guys.